Hey, believers, welcome to a very unique episode of Sunday Musings. Um, you know, I like to come on here every once in a while and share, uh, you know, just things that have been on my mind or uh, maybe lessons that I'm teaching on a, a you know, Bible study service at church or something like that. Well, tonight I'm bringing on a guest. Her name's Faith. She has a very popular TikTok uh, channel called Redeemed by Blood. You can find her on there. I have links in the show notes. But uh, my wife found her on online and fell in love with her story and wanted her to come on and share her testimony, and Faith agreed to do it. So today, what we're going to do is just turn the show over to Faith <laughs> and uh, have her share her testimony, and then we, we talk about you know, some challenges and stuff that people face in life. And it gets a little raw and a little personal. So it might not be an episode for, you know, for the young ones. Uh, at, least, at least not for the, you know, the preteens. But um, if you have, if you have teenagers in your home, especially, especially young ladies that are struggling to fit in, um, finding themselves in mixed company, maybe they do need to hear this. Um, things get very personal, very personal for us too, for me and my wife, Jess, because Jess joins me on this one. She, uh, she was looking forward to talking to Faith, but we, we have her on the show and from the beginning, we just let her, um, take it away with whatever she wants to talk about. And, um, it's a story that needs to be shared. It's an experience that needs to be told and, uh, parents can learn just as much from this as as the uh, the teens and young adults. So I hope you enjoy this. I hope that it bears good fruit. And please go follow her on TikTok. Um, let her know that you heard her on the podcast. Okay, her, her handle on there, again, is redeemed by blood. So um, thank you. God bless you all, and I love you. Faith, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, my wife, Jess found you on TikTok and she said that uh she she wanted me to reach out to you just to see if you would share your testimony your story with everybody um so I'll I'll let her take off on that for a little bit if she wants to oh, yeah I think I, I just spoke to you about that before we started recording um yeah. I I saw you just you know by chance or you know by faith on my mm. TikTok and I was just so touched by your testimony and the things that you've gone through in in your life and how that, you know, ultimately led you to God and, or how he has transformed you. And I really just felt like your testimony needed to be shared. And, and that's what we're here for. I was so glad that you um, agreed to come on our podcast. We're both podcasts and, and I would love to just hear, you know, start wherever you want, you know, you can, you can talk about whatever you want. I don't really have a question to lead her in, um, but I'll just let you start where you feel like you need to start. All right. Yeah. Well, first off, again, I just want to say, you know, thank you for having me here. It's an honor and a blessing to be able to share my testimony wherever it'll be heard and wherever God can use that. So thank you. Um, and I guess, yeah, I guess I'll just get into the beginning of my testimony. Yeah. Um, so basically I grew up in a lukewarm Christian household. Um, my dad was in the military um, and he was overseas. And while he was overseas, I was around six months old, I believe. 
Um, and my mom was juggling um, five kids on her own um, while he was away. Um, fast forward like a couple years later, like he came back permanently home um, and he came back with um, a severe TBI, a traumatic brain injury and severe PTSD. Um, and everything um, kind of just went downhill from there. All my siblings actually say that I never got to meet my real dad. Um, and that, you know, like they almost envy me in a way that I never had to see what I lost. But when he came back, he was um, he was really violent. And don't get me wrong, my dad has probably the sweetest heart of any man I've ever met. But, you know, PTSD can make you do some crazy things. So um, my household became pretty mentally, emotionally, verbally, physically abusive, um, you know, and it, it was stuff too that my parents never thought were abusive because the way my dad was raised, it was like, if you cry, I'm going to give you a reason to, you know, like horrible, horrible, horrible. And so he kind of continued that down the line um, with me and with my family. Um, and so, you know, growing up, um, because of all the issues going on in my home, as well as being homeschooled, I didn't have any friends. And I kind of just learned to like the isolation. Uh, it got to the point where when people would ask me, you know, <clears throat> at the age of like five and six, can I be your friend? I used to lie to them, be like, I have too many friends. Sorry. When I didn't know like a single person, um, it just was like what I was used to, the thought of stepping out of something that I was familiar with was scary. So um, I grew up being isolated. You know, I didn't start going to school until fourth grade. Um, and, you know, during this time, again, my family is still trying to find its bounds. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of family issues and struggles. Um, and so I end up at this public school in fourth grade. Um, and for the first time in my life, I was accepted and I was loved by people and it was people who didn't know God. They, you know, they didn't have a religion because they're, they're young. And so, you know, I was loved and accepted. Um, but I ended up getting exposed to a lot of bad stuff like, um, like alcohol use and sexual items that people were bringing to class and a boatload of cussing and, um, you know, so <laughs> my parents were like, oh, no, we are done with this. And they pulled me there. And in fifth grade, they put me in a private Christian school um, in Maryland. And I will never forget, like, I was bullied so badly there by people who did call themselves Christians and did identify with that religion. Now, of course, standing back here from a, an older perspective, more of an adult perspective, I don't blame them anymore because I know that we all fall short. But back then, like, when the only Christianity that you're exposed to is lukewarm legalism, and then you're attending a church that's just very judgmental and gossips about your family. Then you go to a private Christian school and you're being bullied. Um, you know, like I, I didn't know what to believe at that point, but I, I kind of just was focused on fighting for my life <laughs> more than like fighting, um, you know, what religion I was going to be. Um, and then I ended up leaving that school because the bullying got so bad. And I went to a different private Christian school um, in sixth through eighth grade. Um, there I got bullied the worst than I ever had in my entire life. Um, I began to cut at the age of like 13. 
Um, I, I started cutting really bad. Um, I started isolating more so than ever. Um, I had no friends. Um, it got to a point where I was being physically bullied and people were like squirting water on me at the, at the lunch table with their water bottles and pretending to sneeze on me. And I, I was being bullied about my weight. Um, and it was just an entire thing. Um, again, I don't blame them anymore because like, I'm sure if they were acting out on me that way, then they had stuff going on at home too. Um, but yeah, so I, I was bullied there. And so finally, um, in ninth grade, I was attending this church. I, I hadn't gone into ninth grade yet. It was like the summer right before, but I was attending this church and I met a girl who is going to stay unnamed. Um, and she invited me into her friend group and her and her friends began to show me a lot of love and a lot of kindness and a lot of acceptance. And this whole friend group happened to be made up of um, atheists and Satanists and baby witches and, um, you know, the LGBT and other stuff like that. And I was like, I'm accepted. I'm loved here. And so I began to identify myself with those things. Um, it, it had a heavy influence on me, heavier than I realized at the time. Um, I began to date this girl um, and I just began to run further away from God. Like once I realized that I had an option, that I didn't have to be a Christian, like because all that was demonstrated to me growing up was legalism and hate and anger and and like um, hypocriticalness. I don't know, just a bunch of hypocrisy. Um, I I just I couldn't do it. Um, and I wanted to get as far, as far away from God at the time. I put God in quotes because it was the image of God I had in my head, not the real God. Um, you know, this, this image of God in my head was this violent, bloodthirsty, um, homophobic, misogynistic, sexist, um, you know, angry God. When, you know, later on, I would find that he is the most loving person that you that could ever love. He's a being just full of love and grace and mercy. But I didn't know that yet. Um, so as time progresses, I start to go to their school. I had begged my mom. I was like, mom, please let me go to this public school. Come on, please, please. And she made a deal with me. And she was like, if you get good grades, then okay. So I applied myself and ended up getting like almost all A's. Um, like I was determined to stay there. But at this school, I was introduced to even more darkness. Um, and at this school is where I met my now ex-boyfriend, um, I had stopped dating this girl that I was dating. We'd broken up after like a year. Um, and I met this guy over the summer right before going into 10th grade. Um, and I got really close to him and I fell in love with him. At least I thought it was love. Um, and he claimed to be a Christian. Um, but, you know, long story short, this guy abused me and raped me for eight months straight. Um, and I didn't realize he was doing any of this because he was a narcissist and he knew how to play mind games. So when the relationship started, there was so much love, right? And then as it progressed, he would slowly take a little bit of love away, just little by little um, until eventually, like, let's say I was getting a gallon worth of love at the beginning of the relationship, like towards the middle of it, I was getting less than a shot glass worth. Like he had, he had started to reveal his colors when it was too late, when I was too attached with him. Um, and every time he would do something that made me realize, oh, this is bad. This is a red flag. He would immediately 
um, put on an act um, so that I would be like, oh, never mind, I overreacted, right? So for eight months straight, that went on and it got to the point where he was able to like hit me and rape me and take advantage of me and mind F me so hard that like, I thought this was normal. I thought it was normal. Down inside, I think I I knew something was off because I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anyone. Oh yeah, he forced me. Instead, I was like, oh, it's fine, you know. Like, um, so that went on for like eight months. Um, and so you know, I, during this time, I'm like practicing blood rituals with him. Like, I'm so obviously, you know, he's not a, a Christian. Um, but I'm like practicing these rituals with him and like I'm I'm creating a soul bond that I didn't know about um because uh, again growing up like I didn't really get the bible read to me I didn't really read the bible I didn't really know much I just knew like hey this seems pretty cool and I heard about it online so let's do it um but I, I just started doing all these bad things and slowly my mental health just started deteriorating more um I got addicted to alcohol um, and to marijuana and to nicotine. Um, at this point, I was cutting every day, multiple times a day. Um, like I was desperately doing everything I could to just cope with life and my situation. Um, during this time, my parents were starting to heal a little bit and get a little better. Um, but it, it really wasn't enough. It, it wasn't to the point where it caused me to see a difference until later on looking at an outward perspective now. Um, so it was still pretty bad in, in the house to the point where I think at one point when I had opened up to, I believe it was a youth leader, but I don't know because they never revealed themselves. When I opened up to them about the emotional abuse going on at home, they, um, they called CPS, but because it was emotional and verbal, CPS can't do anything about that. And so instead what happened is these police officers came and they saw me because I didn't know there were police officers there when I came out of my room and they saw my wrist cut up and they were like, let me see. And they looked and they're like, oh, she just wants attention. You know, like this, this is just, you know, her needing attention. Uh, she's obviously not going to kill herself because, you know, they're not that deep. And I remember just like feeling so broken at that moment to like have someone look at me in the face and and look at my parents and say oh she's just looking for attention when that was my cry for help and when I was getting so close to really committing but I was just trying to hold on that last little bit so stuff was just rapidly going downhill at this point um my last sister because we had we had moved um but my last sister she had moved out of the house um and so now I was alone and I had never been alone. I'm the baby of the family. I had never been alone. And I remember just like this overwhelming dread just hitting me when I realized that I didn't have anyone anymore. And when I was alone in this same environment that was breaking me down all of these years. Um, and so it just, it got really bad. Eventually, um, during this time, me and my at the time boyfriend ended up breaking up. Um, and I remember like at that moment, um, and, and it wasn't all at once, only some memories came back after and some of them followed days after and weeks after and months after. But I remember almost immediately after breaking up with him, memories were starting to come back of like the things he did to me. Um, I, I believe that my brain had, um, 
compartmentalized, whatever it's called, had basically like created a section in my brain to take all the trauma and all the bad things that was happening to me and hide them away and make me forget them because it to protect me because my my that I couldn't handle knowing the truth. And so little by little, these memories started to come back. I started to realize all the bad things he had done to me. Um, you know, like, honestly, it goes, it goes even deeper than just him raping me and beating me. Like there were awful, awful, awful acts he made me commit, um, that honestly have scarred me till this day. And is something that uh, the only reason I'm able to live with myself is because of Jesus. But, um, like, all these bad memories were coming back and my mind was just being flooded with all of this awful stuff. And like, I thought that I had been truly suicidal in my life because there were times that I sat down to write notes because I was like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't, I can't hold on much longer. You know, like there were days I sat down and wrote notes, but it wasn't until I believe it was that night we broke up. It wasn't until that night that I started realizing, Oh no, <laughs> no, I'm truly suicidal now. Like the way the movies and the books depict suicide, I'm sure it's different for everyone, but 90% of the time it's not accurate. When you want to die, you don't think, oh, let me, let me make sure my family knows I love them and it's not their fault. Let me, let me reach out to my, you know, sibling or my best friend or, um, you know, my, my mom-in-law, like whatever. You don't think, let me reach out to these people. Let me sit down and write this letter. No, you're just like, at least for me, my experience, I was like, no, I'm, I'm done. It wasn't even a thought in my mind. Um, you know, and, and I didn't have a plan either. Like I hadn't been meditating on it for days and weeks. No, like when these memories started flooding, I was like, that's it. I'm going to get up. Like in my head, I was like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to the pill cabinet and I'm going to take every single pill that we own because I don't know which ones are going to kill me. But I know if I take them all, they'll have to. And I remember being like, and I'll lay on my back so that if I go to throw, throw them up, I'll just choke and die. Like there was never a premeditated plan that all hit my head at once. Yeah. And like, I got up out of my bed. I'm probably going to cry at this part. Um, I thank you. Um, I, and it's a good cry, but I got up out of my bed and I was about to go do it. Like that was it. There was nothing holding me back and I did not care about anything anymore. And I just, I felt this, this like almost physical being but I knew it was spiritual just hold me back like I I was stopped physically in my tracks I couldn't move I didn't understand why I couldn't move but before I even had a chance to get freaked out and be like what's touching me what's stopping me why isn't my body reacting I just felt this tremendous peace flood over me like it's just like the bible describes but at that point I didn't know that I didn't read the bible but it's so true, this overwhelming peace that surpassed all understanding and this absolute feeling of joy. I just wanted to kill myself. I was do it. And now I'm suddenly joyful. And I remember I was finally able to move again. And before I even realized what I was doing, I had turned back around and gotten into my bed and laid down. And then when I realized what I did, I was just so calm. I was like, let's just go back to sleep. <laughs> sleep. And I woke up the next morning and I didn't remember it, right? Like, obviously, I know now it wasn't a dream, but at that moment, like, I didn't remember it. I didn't remember having a dream. I didn't remember it actually happening. Like, I didn't remember anything. So I woke up like nothing happened. And then my mom came into my room and she said, Faith, can I have someone pray over you? 
I mean, I'm an atheistic Satanist. I'm practicing witchcraft. At this point in time in my life, I hate all Christians. Like, but I said, fine. Because I was at such rock bottom that I knew that I, that I needed something. I needed anything. So I said, fine. And my mom she is so loving and sweet, even though, you know, she, she would have those moments, but she is the type of mom where she would never let me be alone with an adult. Cause at the time I'm only like 16, she would never let me be alone with an adult that she never met, that she didn't know. Like that was not my mom, especially not when it was on someone else's territory. No, my mom drove me to this woman who she had never met before because she received a text that night from someone saying you should have this woman pray over faith and so she took me to this woman's house and she started telling this woman you need to pray over her for this and this and this and the woman went no i'm going to pray for her with what god tells me to pray for her about and i remember being like you know like i was like yeah <laughs> relationship at that time and so she takes me up to what she calls the prayer room in her prayer house um and she just was smiling at me so sweetly and I just felt like a genuine like care I, I never felt someone genuinely care for me before but like I felt that from her and um you know she she was asking these questions which I don't remember now but I remember pretty much immediately after that we went right into prayer and she just started praying what the spirit led her to and um, it was it was almost vague, though, like she was praying, but it was vague. And so I was like, this is for show because this can be applied to anyone. She's not saying what my exact circumstances. This is all a show. I knew it. Right. Because she's Pentecostal, too. So she was like on fire. And I'm like, OK. And like as time progressed um, and I just started to doubt more and more, like when I had said the last time, yeah, this is for show, I'm done in my head. And she immediately mentions my attempt from the night before that no one knew about, not a single person knew about. I did not tell soul because I didn't even remember it. And then that's when the memories came flooding into my head and I remembered and I just started to sob. It, it was a good sob, but I was sobbing. And she just, you know, she was like, I just hear the Lord saying like, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't remember exactly what it was, but she talking about the the things that had happened to me that I didn't tell a single person and how much God loves me and how he was there for me even when I didn't see him and how he was mourning when I was mourning and he was crying when I was crying like and I just was so like touched and it and it broke my like heart of stone it, it just broke it and that was the day that I finally got saved um and that I put my trust in God and like since then, my life has been completely different. Like, you know, God guarantees us hardships and struggles. He never says, you know, follow me and everything's going to be okay. But, you know, when you do follow him, now you're not at least having to go through it alone. Right. Now you're out of control because you know that he has it in control. Now you have someone that will provide for your needs and your wants because he cares about even our wants. And you don't have to panic every single second of your life about every little thing. And he just has completely redeemed everything, my entire past and every bad thing that I've done. I've just seen this, this grace that surpasses sufficient and this just redemption. Like my life has completely changed. My, my parents are, are actually not 
really abusive anymore. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like the tremendous growth that I have seen in them. um, It's, it's insane. Like for the first time in my life, my parents are parenting in the spirit. They're no longer being lukewarm. They, they've realized that they were like, as God has been growing me, he's been growing them. And it's been this beautiful journey like every broken piece in my life has just been pieced back together and I no longer feel this emptiness and I no longer have to question why am I alive what's my reason because now I know my reason now I have a purpose and now I have a reason to keep going and an overwhelming joy and even the worst circumstances because I know who fights for me I know who fights on my side um so yeah that's my testimony (laughs) it's 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 a wonderful, wonderful testimony, and and I think it hits home, don't it? Yeah, I cried. <laughs> and, and we are, I I don't want to give you much detail because it's not our story to tell. You know, it's part of our story, but it's it's not all our story. Um, but it just so many parallels in what you've gone through, and and the experiences that you've had, and I mean, it's almost like. a a timeline like the things that happened to you happened um to his daughter which is my stepdaughter and it's just been so hard and and our lives have been you know not now but at the time um just in a in an uproar it was not like a life that I didn't recognize and and she's still in the battle but she just doesn't want to be here and she's she's went on her way and and that's okay. You know, she's safe and she that's has, what matters. She has her own walk and I, I have to know that. It was hard to come to grips with, you know, we have to let her go, you know, and, yeah. but your story just was so, just the, the one TikTok that I saw of you and I, it just, I thought I, I need to hear her. I need to talk to her. And, and it's because of what we've been through. And, and I know that there are so, so many other people who are dealing with this. Um, I just, I don't know what Bo's written down here, but um, Go ahead. I had just jotted down a couple of words that, as you said, and I wanted to just, you know, maybe ask a little for you to just go a little deeper. You had talked about a soul bond. Um, right. with, I think the, the man that, that you had met. Um, right. That is not a word that I've used. So I would like to know a little more about soul bonds and, you yeah. know, is that, if you can explain how that made you feel or how you were, you came to that. Yeah, of course. Okay. So I, I wish I had the scripture on, on mind and I don't, but basically the Bible talks about how, when you do have intercourse or when you do get so emotionally attached that you begin to give yourself away, it creates these bonds in the heavenlies, these bonds that make you one in flesh and in spirit. And basically that's what was happening because I was giving away every piece of myself to this man. Um, and as well as I re- was receiving some of him and um, that caused this, this bond, this soul tie um, to happen in the heavenlies. And um, actually one common thing that you'll, you might notice with a soul tie is that um, your issues begin to become their issues and their issues begin 
become yours. Like if you never struggled with depression and then you have sex or you get very, 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 very emotionally attached to this person, you'll notice you're now struggling with depression. Like you're now struggling with the issues they were because what the Bible says is so true. Like you become one. And that's, I, I believe, just one reason why, you know, the Bible calls for sex to be in marriage and for these like strong emotional bonds to only be in marriage because if not you're going to be tied to 10 20 30 other people your spirit and your soul is going to be weighed down and so heavy Uh, but these bonds can be broken by god and by god alone um and i I remember i just cried to him one day because i didn't know this was a thing my mom had told me that I had a soul tie with this guy and I did some research and I freaked out and I just started crying and I was like god god please I don't want this I don't want this way and I just felt this immediate peace come over me and you know like I struggle with chronic anxiety and so like I knew that wasn't me um and so I was like oh okay wow okay I guess he just like broke it okay cool um and like since then I've just had a peace about that 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 it's been broken um yeah okay that makes sense I I when you explained it, you know, then, you know, it made it make a whole lot of sense to me. It, it is like and, a stronghold you know, in our marriage. I mean, I feel like oh, yeah. we've been married 12, how long we married? 10, 10, 12 years, something like that. I don't know. And I feel like we definitely feed yeah. off of each other's energy. I mean, if he's in a mood, you know, and within, you know, any time spent together, I feel that, you know, and it can change who I am too. So we, we are, we do pay attention to that. Absolutely. You know, we call each other on that and, Absolutely. you know, we're supposed to lift each other up and, you know, but a lot of times, you know, a, a bad day or a, you know, a depressed mood or whatever, a depressed spirit can bring the whole house down, you know, and, and that's not what we're ever wanting. So I understand what you're talking about now that you made that make sense for me. Yeah, that does make sense. And that's something else that people don't realize the spiritual world is very legalistic, you know, so when you're. Yeah. When you're committing these sins to get some kind of whatever you want, you know, if some if it's a pleasure or it's just something that's for your personal gain, it's uh yeah, yeah you're making deals with these with these devils, for lack of a better word, with these <laughs> with these demons. So right. we're we're signing these contracts, we're you know, coming into a court with these strongholds and stuff. And you're right, the only way to do it is to repent and let God fix it. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what kind of where I wanted to go next. Um, you just kind of touched on that. Um, all of this, your whole experience, you know, growing up throughout your childhood and, and, you know, the bullying and the people at the, at the, the other school that, you know, you just, it's just so familiar. And, and my thought process as a, as an adult watching someone go through this was, and a Christian was, this is, um, influenced like they're being influenced by these these demons you know and and we can call them by name you know the bible tells us that we're not in a battle with with flesh we're in a battle with these demons and principalities and and all of that so you know it took me a long time to get my head wrapped around that and you know because we can't be mad at the person we have to be mad at, at what's influencing them you know they're for all intents and purposes, they're just an innocent bystander in this, you know, their body's doing it. And they are, I do think they, there is some accountability to be had, you know, you're making the choice to, to follow what you're being influenced by. But is that something that, that I don't know if that's how you felt. I can't speak to how the person going through that feels. I can only speak to my outsider's perspective of it, you know, so is that kind of 
did you think on that as, as you were going through it or was that you know do you even agree with what I just said I mean oh with what you said for sure um it was definitely an afterthought because you know again while while I'm being bullied it's between the ages of or not the ages it's between grades five through eight yeah. um so I'm, I'm still like running no way you would have thought on that yeah um and so no I was just angry at them I I wanted revenge I hated them I wanted to ruin their lives whenever I would see any misery I would smile like I no, I my blood boiled for them and and it's only the type of love and forgiveness that God can give you that you can give to other people I mean I, um, I struggle with like really bad anger issues since a child, because that was the only emotion that was safe for me to go through. Um, if I showed any other emotion, I was either going to be punished for it or, uh, I was going to get emotionally attacked. Um, and so anger was the default safety thing. And so growing up, I just was angry at everything. Um, and so I, I, it caused me, especially with the people that hurt me to, um, enjoy their misery. Um, now I'm, I'm in a place though, where I've realized that I'm no better than them. They're no better than me. The only difference between someone who's truly saved and walking with God and anyone else is that I've accepted a free gift of salvation. Amen. One that I not earn because I will never meet the standards of God. No one ever will. I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it, but he's chosen to make me worthy and he's chosen to make anyone else who wants to receive it worthy as well. So I'm now able to step back and, and see the people who hurt me and um, just realize that like, I don't know what they're going through. And even if they are just acting out of it because they feel like it and they're not struggling with something behind the scenes, I used to do that. I used to be just like that. And if anything, I feel bad for them because they're in sin now. And that's going to be a toll that that it takes on their relationship with God, not mine. I'm responsible for how I feel and my actions and to take my thoughts captive, not them. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a good answer. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, I have one other thing. Um, yeah. You said um, that that night when you were you were going to do it, you were going to you were going to commit you know, you were going to commit suicide. Right. And then and you said, God, I, in my mind, I'm thinking Jesus, because he's, you know, yeah. he's my savior. And I know he was there. Um, You said peace that, that passes all understanding, but you said joy. And that is a word for me that it's so crazy. I cannot explain. There are just some words that are different now for yeah. me that, Jesus is in my heart and joy is one of those words. I can't, it's joy is not a big enough word for what he makes me feel sometimes. And I, I, when you said that, I wanted to ask you if you've noticed that since you have really committed and, and to the Lord and he is, Jesus is in your heart and you're living it, girl. Do you find some of these words are just like, man, that word I, I just love like joy. I mean, I could scream it. What happened? Back up. Wow. Yes. Are we back? Yes. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened there. It's froze again. Okay. No. What we got? It says it's recording. Yep. Let's give it just a second. Do what I need to do.
We're just about to wrap up, right? Yeah. I think so. Our internet's unstable is what it says. Is it yours or is it mine? I think it's ours. It's showing ours. I'm going to turn off the Wi-Fi on our phones. Oh. Um, okay. Definitely let me do that. Every once in a while, especially when we get on a good God talk on my show, this happens. <laughs> um, Makes sense. It, it happens a lot more than it should. Um, I've picked up right. uh, mocking voices on my show before. I've picked up, you know, I've had some weird stuff happen, but it's always, it's always when we're talking about. Well, I don't know how you, how you believe. We are full believers in demons, angels. I mean, they're all around us. I, I feel that. And um, so that's that's what he's talking about. I don't. I feel like there's definitely something that tries to shut you up when you're when you're talking about God and 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 because they you know they don't want that yeah. message getting out there. And but I don't know how much we got right. recorded before that. But all I really was asking or trying to say was, you know, have you since you have you know you've changed and you're you're growing and you've got Jesus in there, um. Do you find that some of these words are just so much different? You know, I've probably said joy a billion times in my life, but over this past year, joy means so much more to me. I mean, it's like when I say it, I feel it. I, I He gives that to me. He makes everything, you know, like magnified for me. You know, love is magnified, peace. But I wondered if that was something that you're feeling too, because as a person who who was in a dark place for quite a while, you know, I imagine joy didn't come often. And, you know, so when you feel it now, you know, I could, I'm just right. so grateful that you chose me the way you chose. And both are anything else that you have. Yeah. I just want to answer the question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or she no, was you're totally that. good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, peace. And, and joy specifically for me has a different meaning now. Um, the definition that I have of it now, I don't even know what my definition is, but it's nothing like it was before. Yeah. Whatever joy used to feel was just an earthly surface level of joy. Truly, I believe anyone that experiences joy but doesn't experience it from God is only experiencing it surface level. I believe God brings it so much deeper and so much more powerful. And like the joy that he gives feels different than any other feeling of joy. Um, I think for me, joy just used to be like extreme happiness. Now it's like, wow, I can't even describe. I don't even know how to describe this. I just need to get up at 3 a.m. and start dancing and praising and singing God. Like, yeah. this is, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, also earlier, um, just about what you were saying with like believing in demons. Yeah. I, I don't really believe that it's possible to believe in God and the Bible and have a matured walk and still not believe in demons. I think that, um, I think that everyone is a little skeptical of everything in the Bible at first or some things they might be like, Oh, well, I've never witnessed or seen that. But like, as you get deeper into a relationship with him, like these things are undeniable. Um, and also like, it's it's either 100% or it's 0%. Like what the Bible says is truth. If you can say that there's a single mistranslation or miscommunication in there, then you may, I might as well throw out the whole thing. Like how is any of it reliable if one piece of it isn't? Um, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, um, which are the original copies and they are 98% accurate to the ones we have today. And, you know, the ones we have today, they aren't mistranslated. It's just instead of thou, we might say a or, yeah. or the. That's the only like difference. Yep. So 
yeah, I, I believe every word in the Bible to be 100% true, 100% accurate. And I definitely believe in demons. Um, I, I have family that has had encounters with them. Um, I actually delivered my sister's house of one just a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah, they're all around and, um, they, they are here to absolutely try and destroy and get in the way of any of God's plans, which I find hilarious because nothing and no one can ever do that. Yeah, um, it, I mean, I don't know why they try. <laughs> right now, I mean, so long, a little bit, but God's always like, okay, get out of here. Like, you know, like what, what Jesus says, what God says goes like, he's given us the authority to, to trample on, on the serpent's head. He's given us the authority that raised him from the dead like that's inside of us i i really don't understand why demons do what they do because it's pointless and it's useless but you know <laughs> well i know I you it. don't have a lot of time i i think bo told me that you you know you had some things you needed to do or and um, so i'm not at all going to try to keep you i would love it if if you felt they you know led to come back anytime and talk about oh. you know oh, yeah more i mean i think there's so much more for in there yeah. and, and i want to know it all <laughs> so whenever you know whenever you have more time or you just want to tell us yeah. another you know another part of your life this demon right. thing with your sister yeah, I the mean, deliverance, I, I yeah. deliver it, you know i mean i want to know it and because that's part of his walk yeah you know, I, is, i'm uh, into deliverance myself he's into deliverance but um you know god There's is god. you know we're all we all have an anointing you know he he has something for all of us that's right. special and and we have to tap into that. You know, we have to trust him. We have to ask him to reveal that anointing in our, in our lives. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that, that you are, you are special. Of course, you are a child of the King. So I am so thankful that you came and I want to leave with you with this too. It just, it, it's on my heart to tell you. And I want I, you to yeah. remember that life and death is in the tongue. So don't claim yeah. these things anymore. Don't claim anxiety. Don't claim depression. Right. You know, you are a new creature in Christ. When yeah. you were saved, those things are gone. You don't have to claim them anymore. And he will right. take all of that away. And right. you will have nothing but joy and peace. So I love you. And you are a sister in Christ. So of course I love you. And I'm so thankful that you're here and that you you talk to me and you talk to Bo and please, please, you know, come back. No, we it's an we are going to be in prayer for you, you know, of course, you know, on your journey, because I think that you're going to change hearts and you're going, well, through God, God is going to use you to change hearts and <laughs> change minds. You're going to change lives. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I'm honestly kind of like, I don't even know how to respond to that. That was just such a blessing, honestly, for me to hear. Um, things get tough sometimes with how I look and trying to evangelize <clears throat> it, it's pretty bad but thank you christians so much can, christians can be judgy i you know i i know that we all know them um but i it's a it's something that i work i'm working on you know in on my in my walk is i i'm sure i'm judging people when i shouldn't be i mean you, it just happens but i don't want to and and i feel like there is there are people who are afraid to come to church or afraid to to give their life to the Lord because they're afraid they're going to be judged because their hair isn't the way we think it should be or they wear the makeup that like you're trying to wear right now. Jesus does not see that. The Lord doesn't see that because you're covered by the blood. When he looks at you, he sees that blood. He don't see your hair. He don't see, you know, he don't look at my weight. He don't, he's not looking at any of that. He's looking at the blood of Jesus. Right. That's all that matters. 
Yeah. You know, actually, it's funny that you brought that up because I remember before I we even started filming this podcast, God kind of laid it on my heart actually to talk about church hurt. And I completely went past my head, even though that's literally the biggest part of my testimony. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess just really quick, I think what God wants me to say in this moment is like, you need people need to remember to separate the way the way God is from the way the church is because the church is made up of broken people and of sinners who some are there because they're genuinely trying to seek God and some are there because they don't have anywhere else to go and you know they just they feel like they have to go or they need to go and they're not really seeking spiritually in their journey they're still broken people and they're still hurting people and so they're still going to hurt more people we are not perfect we are always going to fall short and we are always going to mess up and let someone down in our lifetime mm -hmm. but god never god will never let you down the people who judge you on your appearance god would never the people who judge you because you struggle with a certain sin god would never all sin is equal in the eyes of God because all sin equals death. All of it equals death. So yes, there's more harsh, you know, consequences for some, but those are also natural consequences. And like the only reason God tells us not to do something is if it's bad for us and it's going to harm us in the end. It's never to be controlling. I mean, he gave us free will. Mm -hmm. um, so like, yeah church hurt is is a really big thing because a lot of people begin to kind of be like oh well god must be an angry god like like i did god must be a bad god because his followers are treating me like crap right now no it's because his his followers including me are in sin and we make mistakes and we suck and we do things we're not supposed to and we don't represent christ like we're supposed to okay. but would never do like 99.9 percent .9 of the stuff that we do on on a daily basis <laughs> um and yet it's, it's beautiful because he still looks at us with nothing but love. Um, and, and he still forgives us and, and still treasures us, which is a beautiful thing completely. Um, so yeah. 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 Awesome. <laughs> I think that was go. how you were going to end it. Was, yeah. uh, what uh, message did you want to leave with? And you. I think you just gave that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I just want to thank you. Uh, thank you for doing this. Thank you for being so brave to put yourself out there. Um, yeah. it, it's going to be well received. Yeah. Thank you so much. And honestly, it's like I said earlier, a blessing to be here. This was 100% a God thing because I, I don't know if I mentioned it when we started rolling, but like I had said at some point, um, I've had other podcasts reach out to me and just didn't feel right in my spirit. But with this one, I felt like, oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> so you, you and, probably didn't tell her at, at one point. Um, I don't even know when that happened. This podcast was turned over to God. Um, he did that. He, you know, we, yeah. he has, has established it as an altar for God. You know, we, we right. want God to shine out of us and, and um, that's the goal. I think Yeah, just, just, this is just a vessel, yeah. you know, just to get yeah. the word out. But I want yeah. to before I before I go because I got to go get dinner going, um, and you guys can talk however long. But I wanted just one more thing to tell you is, um, you know we're we're on your team, you know, and whatever it comes. I know you said sometimes it's hard. We have hard days, you know. Yeah. You have hard days. Right. Reach out. I mean, we'll pray you through it. Call you. You can email, call, message, whatever your preferred you know method is. Um, he has several people yeah. who have done this, you know, just for prayer. You know, hey, could you remember me? 
and we'll be that for you. So don't ever be shy. You know, you've got friends here. And yeah. um, again, like I said, just reach out even on, even on good days. We want to hear your good stories too. Yeah. You know, call us and be like, Hey, I think I need to come on. I got something good to tell you. And, <laughs> and we want you, we want you here. So Thank you're you. loved in West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, this, um, this is beautiful. Honestly, I just, I see God all over this and all over you. I, I see the light. I, I see the light just radiating, radiating off of you guys. Um, it's actually really beautiful. So I, I really appreciate you guys and everything that you um, have done for me just in, in the like, what, 30, 40 minutes we've known <laughs> each other. Um, it's, it's been amazing. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And you've been amazing too. And like she said, uh, stay in touch with us. I'll, yeah. I'll check in on you every once in a while. Just uh, holler at us and I will send you a message whenever this airs too. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. All, All right. 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 Thank, Thank you, you so great much. Great to meet you. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye bye. Um. So, I met is the woman who prayed over. Whoa! Hold on. What I do? <laughs> That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show. You can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there, uh, explore the website, check it all out. If you want to sign up to be a member, it's super cheap. It's just $1.75 a week. You can cancel at any time. Get in on uh, all the, the new, latest, and greatest stuff we have going on. All right, so again, thanks for listening. I love you. God bless. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you're like me and you like to go camping, hiking, hunting, um, just be prepared in general, then uh, I recommend you check out Squatch Survival Gear. Their packs are 100% made in America. Each component on the packs are American made. It's a veteran owned company out of Texas. Um, it's my buddy Chris. He started this out of personal experience. Um, in his military service, he, he fashioned these packs 
you know, off of packs that he used that he had to modify to make them something that uh, is more more convenient, easier to carry, less of a load on your body, and the, let the pack do the work. They're amazing. I own two. I have the uh, the Rock Ape and the Mothman pack. I love them. They're the best bags I've ever had in my life. These bags are bomb-proof. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Plus, they're comfortable. When I have them on, I can carry around. I can hike with 25, 30 pounds, and it, it doesn't strain my body. The pack does the work. Um, you have to see them for yourself. So go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com to check them out. If you decide to, to purchase one of these bags, use my promo code. It's 23BUMP this year. Okay? It's 23BUMP. Use that promo code and it'll save you 15% site-wide. These, these are packs of all sizes. You know, if you want something, you know, small everyday carry, or if you want some kind of a uh, go bag, like a, I'm not coming home bag, he's got them. Check them out, SquatchSurvivalGear.com, promo code 23BUMP. Oh, my soul, there's a 
personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you. Doctors said the only way you would make it would be 